I'm Mike Breen, uh, and in part one, Will Knoll talked about a lot of people who have been involved in the restoration of the Archimedes Palimpsest, and one of those people who's done a lot is Roger Easton, who's a professor at the Chester F. Carlson Center for Imaging Science at Rochester Institute of Technology. Uh, and Roger, uh, can you tell us some of the techniques that were used to uncover this text and, and maybe the math behind those techniques? Well, Mike, when we started, uh, we originally thought that the, the best way to do this would be to, to find a method that would kind of strip off the writing that's on top. As you know, the, this was a book that was erased and overwritten, and the overwriting is obscuring the important mathematical writing underneath. And so our original idea was to take pictures in a variety of different wavelengths and take advantage of the subtle difference in color between the, the overtext and the undertext. And by doing that, we would then be able to do a calculation based on linear algebra that would allow us to find the combination of those different images that would make the overtext, the darker overtext, kind of disappear into the background, so in effect stripping it off. And we were actually pretty successful in doing that back in the year 2000 when we first started to work on this. But it, as it happened, the, the scholars who were trying to read the text didn't like the way we did it. They, they actually didn't have any problems with the writing on top. They primarily wanted to have the undertext enhanced, increase the contrast and whatever, to make that text more visible. And so we went back and put our heads together, and in collaboration with Bill Christensberry and Keith Knox, my two colleagues who were working along with me on this project, we came up with another scheme. It was largely the work of Keith, but it grew out of some of the ideas that that I had had and Bill had had earlier, where what we did was we processed the images to enhance the contrast, and then we enhanced the color differences. In effect, we made the undertext a different color than the overtext. And we did that by finding a combination of two different images, one of which was taken in ultraviolet light, where both the contrast of both texts was relatively good, and one taken under red illumination, where the slightly reddish undertext kind of disappeared. And so when we combined those two images, we wound up getting an image where the overtext was a neutral color, a gray or a black, and the undertext was kind of a reddish color and with enhanced contrast. And it turned out the scholars found that to be quite useful, quite able to read it. And was there any math, or is there any math besides linear algebra that figured into this? I would say primarily it would be, a, a, the original calculations were a linear algebra technique. And in effect, what we did was we found the, the, the matrix mapping that took the unknown combination of the original text and the undertext and the parchment on the original image and mapped it to the grayscale view that we were able to measure. And then what the calculation did was find the pseudo-inverse of that matrix calculation so we could take the known data and the combinations and find the unknown percentages of each of the input entities, the overtext, the undertext, the parchment, and whatever. Uh, you're, you're very involved in this field. Is there any kind of uh, future work you're looking forward to or, or things you're working on? Well, now? in fact, yeah, we, we are working on some other manuscripts. We did the last imaging of the Archimedes in August of 2007, and then in November we were back, all of us went back to the Library of Congress, and we were imaging the Waldseemuller map. This is a map, uh, of the earliest printed map that has reference to America on it map printed by Martin Waldseemuller in 1507. 
So we, we did image that just prior to the Library of Congress installing it in a uh, airtight case for preservation and for exhibit. So you can now go see that map on exhibit at the Library of Congress. Uh, we also imaged a couple of other artifacts while we were there. And the current plan is to go back there in a month and image some of their American uh, national treasures that they have there, in part to enhance the readability of some of the characters. We've also been lucky enough to image some manuscripts in India written on palm leaves, and Keith Knox and I did that a couple of times, and then I was able to go back and do that again last Thanksgiving. And we also have been imaging in the Maryland State Archives in Annapolis the charter of the city of Annapolis, which there apparently is some uncertainty as to what its provenance has been, and we're trying to help them figure that out. It's a really a combination of work. You, you've got to show what's there, and then experts in the field have to look to see what those characters or text mean. Exactly right. Yeah, we try to figure out the best possible way to do the imaging and to extract information that we may not even be able to see with our eyes. We've often had that experience. You uh, put an uh, artifact under the camera, and if you were lucky enough to pick the right filter, you can take a picture and right away you can read it. That that has happened, though more often than not, it's a matter of taking images in a variety of wavelengths and then going back afterwards and finding the combination that's easiest to read. And that's what we've been doing with the Annapolis Charter. What does it feel like or, or what kind of impression does it make on you when everything comes together and, and you know, if you can clearly see what's there or everyone concludes? It, it, I tell you, the best moments are when you show it to somebody who's been trying to read it and they suddenly realize, oh, I can read this now. That gives the the best feeling, I'd say, the the, the most clear indication that we've actually been able to do something uh, useful when somebody who is really wants to or needs to read this can see information on it that they weren't able to see before. And uh, Roger, is there anything else you'd like to add? I guess the only w other thing I might say is the one thing that Will Knoll has been careful to mention that Johannes Myronis, the person who overwrote on the Archimedes back in the early 1200s, around 1229, sometimes people would think of him as a guy who obscured the text, made it impossible to read, but actually he was the guy who saved the text inadvertently. He didn't, you know, he wasn't trying probably to save this historical mathematical text, but because he used this as the basis for the prayer book that he overwrote, this text has been able to survive, and it's that's probably the only reason that it has. So we should give some thanks to to him, even though he may not have meant to do it. He was successful in preserving this important writing for, for us to read now. Well, thank you. That's Roger Easton, who is a professor at the Chester F. Carlson Center for Imaging Science at Rochester Institute of Technology. Roger, thanks very much. Okay, you're welcome, Mike. Glad to do it.